0: Brian
1: Nickers. Bernard pulls the trigger. And This is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means
2: lower. Once the neck, goal, it's in that. Get it tested. Pushed up the three. One go. Rebound. you are tuned in to Nickish. You got your boys Mo, Nafi and Faiz. It is November 14th, 2022. There are three guaranteed things in life, fellas: death, taxes and drama in the New York Knicks organization. The team's just not in the best of places right now, but we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, first take a quick moment, check out our website nick-ish.com and custom apparel to wear to your next Knicks game. Rep that black, white and orange. Now bringing in my man Nafi. What's going on, bro? How you doing?
1: Everything is terrible. How you
2: doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> doing okay. All right. I'm doing all right.
1: Yeah, everything's ass. How you doing, <laughs> face? I got the, no witty banter um, today. Um, How you doing?
0: Abysmal. Fuzz? Uh, terrible. Like degraded. Nasty. Grotesque. Any SAT word from like 2010 you can think of? I'm feeling it right now.
1: Like Mitt Romney. You know what I mean? He's there ugly you know. in the face. That's he's gonna in the like... You know what I mean? Works out.
2: And Mitt Romney <laughs> <laughs> Yo bro He
1: looks like a fucking Old like catcher's mitt Covered in flour Get the fuck I, out of here I'm feeling like Ted That's how Cruz ugly person, The next week has been
0: I'm feeling like Ted, I'm feeling like Ted Cruz as, as a You know as a word Like not, not as a person As a word mm. Disgusting
1: like, like. An abomination mm-hmm. To the human race I feel you yeah. that's, how, that's what the Knicks Got us feeling right now I mean You want me to lead into it Alright fellas We're gonna call this The Nickish State of the Union What is going on <laughs> right now I know y'all are all Frustrated I, I definitely like, you know, coming off the OKC game. Like, I was appalling, disgusting. Like, 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 Mama FI, you said any SAT word you could think of, it was just bad. You know what I mean? So, put, let's put it out there. How are we feeling about just, like, the health and state of the franchise right now? And, you know, all roads lead back to Tibbs, I feel like, as a source of frustration. But right now, just in general. It could be Leon. It could be World Wide West. It could be the concession stand workers. What's uh, What's really like? You know what I mean? Grungy all gears right now. Nah, Whoever wants to, to them, go first, shout can go out first. to them
2: concession stand workers. They be working hard at MSG, bro.
1: Facts. Facts. <laughs> uh,
2: no man, like we we've been doing this for a while, right? This podcast. This is familiar territory, right? I mean, it's a coach mm-hmm. right now who basically looks like lost his locker room. He's someone who who looks like he's playing with a level of desperation to get his boss to smile and. Once he realizes there's nothing he can do to get the production that management needs, he's now working with, you know, level of apathy because he knows that the writing's on the wall. And with the stretch of the games that we have coming up, it's kind of hard to imagine us retaining this head coach. Because based on what we've seen so far, we'd be lucky to win even three of those games. That's that's how I'm feeling right now. He's looks like he's it. Tibbs tips stay at New York. It's it's almost there. It's coming to an end.
0: Yeah, I mean, like. It, it... Tips, tips, tips. right? That, that's all we can really talk about. Like, yeah, definitely, I do see some flaws in the roster. I, and, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit later on, how Knicks fans have been talking about how this roster is definitely flawed, but it's not that gutted roster that Woj was talking about when David Fisdale got fired. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, Tibbs is known to be this defensive coach, and that's all we've been talking about. And, you know, if, if in the last three of the last games from within – this last week have been the most games that Tibbs has given up as a coach ever in his NBA career. That's that's a tell that's a telltale sign, you know. That's that has to be something. That can that can't be some BS that we're gonna blame on Emmanuel quickly or fucking you know, even Julius Randle like to a certain degree. Because we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into the minutes and we're gonna get into the minute distribution. But I got like we've been clamoring, we've been saying this since last season, to be honest, that we've been putting tips head on on you know the pitchforks and going crazy. But now it feels like more than ever. All all roads point to Tibbs. That this has to be a, a Tibbs situation. And you know, I, I've seen a few people on Twitter say it and I gotta agree where Tibbs did his job. Like he did what he we needed. He got the Knicks back to relevancy. He got us back to, you know, just sitting at the poker table. He got that coach of the year, he made Randall relevant. He did develop our players in a certain extent. So why not cut it loose while we can and move on instead of just staying with the sinking anchor? Why not just move on and try to improve this team? Because it's the Knicks. It's not Tibbs. This isn't Tibbs. It's not about the Tibbs. It's about it's about our franchise. It's about the fans. who are gonna continue to stay on. Tibbs is just one piece of the puzzle, you know.
2: It's right. a and,
1: big fucking piece of the puzzle. Hey, oh, go for ahead, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah, and like that's the difference between this year and and the first year because he can't get his players to play defense and the way Tibbs coaches. It, you, have, you have to trust his style and what he wants and you have to put in 120% of the energy and and you know just how I start off what I first said he just lost his locker room from what it looks like no one wants to listen to him and if he and if if it's to the point where his biggest confidant on the team Derrick Rose is in a position where he's saying he's in the unknown and he doesn't know what's going on right now then that mean, that means it's we're at that crossroads right now where the management has to make that call And, you know, Mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing it time and time again, they're, they're lost on defense. If, if a Tom Thibodeau team isn't playing defense, then what the hell is the point of Tom Thibodeau being on this team? You know, like if you're giving up 143 points, to the okc thunder that's what the most is 143 I, I don't even know anymore he, I, I think it was 43 there's years some so, there's a there's a 43 point thing it was 120 points by the end of the third quarter that's what i remember no switches no communication they're leaving a three-point shooters wide open the most important facet of the game is a three-point shot right now and we can neither shoot it nor defend it so what the hell are we doing with this team what why why is it that in a Detroit game that I was there live for, there was a point when we were showing nine percent from the three. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is? <laughs> Why are we showing nine percent from the three? Like, did we are we not watching film after that Celtics game when they shot lights out? Are we not learning from that Hawks loss? Like th- this past week with the Nets loss and the Hawks loss and that that ugly win against Detroit? Like we're we're just not learning, and you know we're we're reaching that we're reaching that point. We saw it with Fizdale and now we're we're seeing it again with tips, so again this this is familiar territory for us,
1: yeah, I mean honestly, like y'all pretty much covered it. It's just we've reached the expiration date of of tips, you know what I mean, like that that milk has gone sour, you know what I mean, like literally and figuratively, um no matter what he tries like he he's done more experimentation with his facial hair than like with just his lineups and just like his principles in the last three years, so <laughs> kudos to him for that, but. Yeah man, I mean, you just said it right there. He's a defensive-oriented coach. He has a reputation as that dude defensively, as a strategist, as like the architect of that defense that you know, Boston rode to a championship way back in 08, you know, what I mean, back before some of our listeners were alive and some of our listeners had their balls dropped, you know what I mean? The, the game has passed them by. You know, I don't like I know we're non-experts, but like just for example, I saw like a beat writer today during a random fucking Toronto Raptors game talk about like Nick Nurse this man is out there playing five power forwards together. i was like, you know, maybe we did take ne- Mike D'Antoni for granted because right now we're just begging tips to at least try to do Ob and Julius for more than uh, as as more than just a desperation tactic. You know what I mean? And that in itself says everything about him. And yeah, man, his defense like 145 points to OKC like that. They got had him out there looking like 2017 Warriors like. Mm-hmm. What are we doing out here? You know, like we and kudos. We got like what forty eight first quarter points. The offense at times this season has looked better than we all probably ever expected and probably like the best kind of offensive display that a Tibbs team has shown in quite a while, right? But this man prides himself on defense and Yeah, we're not we're not there. And it's just like his principles are just outdated. Like he's out there trying to defend the paint at all costs. We don't have our main rim protector, which uh, I hate to be the Debbie Donner right here, but that may be the kind of excuse that Tibbs used to, like, as a shield when, like, Leon does try to, like, you know, fire his ass. He's like, wait, no, I don't have Mitch, though. You know what I mean? And I'm not rim protector. You know what I mean? But I think the biggest telltale sign that we, uh, we aren't just, like, speculating recklessly right now and we aren't just, like, talking out of our ass is, like, Ian Bagley, who we all love what he does, but... You know, there's a impression and I think like an accurate impression that he he gets the most accurate info straight from the front office, but he kinda tailors it in a way where it's not like brutal honesty. And him saying today on um uh, on one of his shows, I believe, that um Tibbs' seat is warm, to me that tells me that, bo- that, that that seat is boiling hot right now, boys. You know what I mean? Like I that's the first time we heard any kind of indication like that about Tibbs since probably just like Late last season, where it was getting really ugly, right? So that's a bad sign for Tibbs. And you know what? At the end of the day, Leon is his close homie. He's known for a minute, but you know, maybe Leon could even just like negotiate a like a, a, a good persuasion tactic with Tibbs. Like, you know what? We could fire you, and you get paid for the next two and a half years. Go fishing. You know what I mean? Come on, I'm helping you out. You know? But yeah, it's it's it's, it's time. Like we gave the clean slate shit a shot. We gave it a we gave it a chance. I feel like a fair chance because y- y'all know me. I'm probably the most vulgar one here, and I'm just going to say the most nasty shit. And even I had to hold back on the Tibbs' criticism and especially the Julius' criticism so far in the season. But I'm at that point where I'm like, yo, at least Tibbs, I think it's time to just get him out of here. Like, it's it's way past time, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, to your point, like the offense has been looking as good as as it can, and that's that's one of the things that – um, I don't think Tibbs is really contributing to. I don't really see him as some offensive, like, Savant or something. Like, I do believe that this team is, is really clicking with, with the offense, and it's nice to see. But I, I don't know. Like, the, the idea that Mitchell Robinson is the only reason that Tibbs is a good defensive like coach like that's the only thing that can get him defense like so why are we employing him like his defensive strategy is putting an outdated thought like a rim rim protector a tall guy in the middle of the court that's why we're paying Tibbs that's the big strategy defensive strategy that Tibbs has like anybody can do that that's not that crazy and like it's it's so frustrating to see this because like it's it's not just the lack of experimentation with Tibbs. That, I can understand he's an outdated coach. But it's the lack of accountability and the lack of consistency in accountability that's real frustrating. Because mm-hmm. you see that RJ gets pulled out of the game early in the third but the, like, yeah, it was a bad game. Don't get me wrong. I am not here to sit and defend RJ. That was a horrible game. I've definitely no. seen way I've been I've seen way worse games from RJ that Tibbs did not pull him. And Randall has had way worse games than that. And he has not gotten nearly pulled. Jalen Brunson now playing in the fourth. Like Evan Fournier getting more minutes than Quentin Grimes and Obi Toppin. Like things like that just don't make sense. Because lack of experimentation is one thing. I can I can to a certain degree, tolerate that because he's set in his ways. But this, like, the accountability moving back and forth, that's how you lose a locker room. That's the when you see.
1: inconsistency there. yeah the
0: inconsistency there. That's when you see RJ on the bench, people mentioning he looks frustrated. Like, people saying things like, frustrating things like that's when it gets out of hand and that's when you lose a locker room the lack of consistency you think people don't see that Julius Randle is not putting any effort on defense that guy Frank Barrett on Twitter shout out to him he put out a whole thread showing clips and proof of those empty calorie stats that Julius has been putting up which I hope teams like Miami and and you know the Phoenix Suns have been looking at just the stats not the game but you know, you, you watch him on defense, lackadaisical. Like, you know, the whole point of a Tibbs defense with the three is you, you give up the threes, but you come out and close out quick. His closeouts are horrible, disgusting to watch. No help. Hardenstein is, like, overworking himself. So the rest of the team is suffering and overworking themselves, and it seeps into the rest of the team. It seeps into the offense. It seeps into the defense. So it's just a poison altogether. So before we were on this boat where it's like, We either fire Tibbs or we get rid of Randall and Fournier, one or the other, and it's okay. I'm at the point where I am not going to accept any of them. And that's also why, I know it's like we're moving further and further from the conversation, but that's why I'm so, I'm, I'm a little bit low-key done with this front office, because a lot of this is their decisions. Like, they're the ones who are employing tips through all of this. They're the ones who are keeping this team together through all of this. So it's real frustrating to see all of this together. Now, am I saying that the front office should be completely, like, fired and kicked out? No, not yet, but... Just as Tibbs is on the hot seat, I feel like the front office should be looked at with a, with an intense magnifying glass right now. Because this is their decisions. This is a combination of what they wanted. Yeah,
2: I mean, if you just look at the next 12 games, right? We we played 13 games so far. 12 more games we hit that core point of the season. A lot of those are West Coast games and a lot of those are teams that are in the top half of the league. You know, again, there might be two teams that the Knicks might beat. I think... At least my own take is that they're probably going to wait for that quarter season to make that official call to to let go of Tibbs and say, look, we gave him a quarter of the season, and the record is we are seven eight games below five hundred, so we, we got to let him go to, to kind of justify that point. Right now, we're only we're six and seven. Right now, we're still you know close to five hundred. I th- I don't think anyone really thinks that we're that much higher than a five hundred team. I think if we hit 40 games as a win, that's a, that's a success of a of a of a season this year from from what it looks like. So I think we're gonna reach that core point, and I think a lot of us probably expect us to to lose those games. So um, I agree that if if they retain tips past the 25 game mark, and it looks like we're still playing like this, then yeah, then then the front office needs to be on hot water and. Uh, maybe maybe Dolan might need to make a tweet out or so I can't believe I'm saying it, but it's kind of crazy but he might need to to, to get them going forward because you know they might just be sitting on their hands to see what's gonna happen and then once we see that this is another lost season then, they're just going to point the finger at Tiz, but we can't make that risk. We can't have another 21-22 season where it's just lost. Then we we just retrade the vets, add some picks to it, and kind of reshuffle the board again. I mean, how, how are we going to get rid of Fournier? We're going to have to add in a couple of second-round picks. If we ever dream of getting rid of Randall, we're probably going to have to ri- add in a first-round pick to that, uh, to that trade. So, you know, they, they can't go past the 25-game mark without at least addressing the situation and kind of – I, or uh, or maybe we get lucky and Tibbs goes on a, on a winning streak with the Knicks. So it's going to be either that or he, he's he's going to have to go.
0: I think his 25
1: but, uh, games just seems mighty generous. My my bad. I, just not, like one note on that was just like, not. we got this West Coast trip of doom coming up, five straight games Utah, at Utah, at Denver, at Golden State, at Phoenix, at OKC. We got one in five of that stretch. I don't think this man will be employed by the New York Knicks Shit. by Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you know what I mean, or by Black <laughs> Friday, if my, uh, you know, poll reading of the calendar right here is as, as accurate as I hope it is. But you know what I mean. Like it's just like that OKC game was just pitiful, especially as big as we were. We were up, you know, and you know Tim Bontemps had that uh, stat. Maybe it was like a week ago when we were last, like you know, going off on Tibbs. It was just like we had mad blown leads in the year 2022, right and the OKC one is on top of that, you know, and we some people want to hone in on the players. And I'm not saying it's unfair to at least have a level of skepticism towards the front office. But I also feel like for them to be on the hot seat, they got to commit to just getting tips the fuck out of here. And I feel like it's been, what, two and a half years in terms of calendar time since Leon took over. He didn't hire tips to like what the, the summer of 2020. Now seems about like the right time for him to get him out of here. I feel like Tibbs has done his his part. And, you know, I keep using that Mark Jackson Steve Kirk comparison, which is not like an uncommon one. But, you know, that's why I always say Tibbs isn't a horrible coach. He did do his job because, like, that development we've seen from Cam, especially recently, I do feel like Tibbs has had a part in that. I do feel like the development of these young players, some of it at least has to be attributed to Tibbs and the coaching staff. And us being fans and non-experts, we don't know the exact percentage of where this credit will go to. Obviously, the main source of credit will go to the players themselves for their work ethic and the work they put in, but Tibbs deserves some credit for that. And I do also feel like his kind of disciplinary and kind of uh, persona helps young dudes in terms of getting in line and getting uh, situated in the NBA, but... Right now, and, like, yo, Mo, like, at the game, we was at the the last Detroit game. Actually, we, the only two games we were at this season were both against Detroit. Like, that's, <laughs> that's funny as shit. But the, you asked me, like, what I thought of the game at halftime. I was like, oh, we just left, left mad meat on the bone. And that's, like, the story of Tibbs, especially the last year and a half. Like, yeah. I feel like the Tibbs defense force, in terms of our fan base out there, keeps saying or keeps harping on, like, yo, he doesn't have the roster for it. But, like, yo... There are slight tweaks that us as non experts fans on the sidelines that we see other coaches like Ty Lu, Nick Nurse, Eric Spolster, the list goes on, doing their games and their rotations that Tibbs will never and has not embraced fully that can genuinely at least have us playing to the level of talent on this roster. Nobody's saying we're a championship roster. Nobody, I'm not saying we're like a 50-win roster. But 45 wins? We're not on that pace right now. But we would be if, like, we had somebody, like, that would engage in more progressive tactics. Like, it's not even just about Julius. Like, for example, it's not even just about Julius and OB playing together. Like, yo, Cam is, like, six eight, six nine, playing his ass off. He should get mad minutes at the four. But that's not even a question or not even a possibility with Tibbs. And we're in the year 2022, and we're begging our— our boomer coach to embrace modern tactics that were futuristic in 2016 but are right now are commonplace like come on now you know what i mean like we're well past the point of like having this old stodgy disciplinarian as the as the guy that's gonna shepherd our young players into into growth we're past that right now now it's time to win some games since most of the these young players are getting paid or about to get paid. You know what I mean? So Yeah. And yeah.
2: who who was the who was a seven foot three beast in the OKC Thunder that's playing in the paint all game long? Why did we have two centers playing inside the paint all game? Why was Obi Top and Randall not playing together? Why was Obi playing once again under fifteen minutes in a game when Sims was playing twenty five minutes, when Hartenstein's playing twenty two minutes, Randall's playing thirty three minutes? I mean RJ didn't play all, the entire second half. He still played more minutes than Obi Toppin. I mean, what Obi Toppin has been the best shooter. Uh, go figure. We're not shooting threes. Put in your best shooter. <laughs> Obi Toppin, no, because he's, God knows what Tibbs has against him, but Obi is put, still playing under 15 minutes a game, and it, it, it baffles me. And, like, yeah, I'm not going to say that there aren't faults on the players because if you – I think on stats, if you look at the D- Detroit game, it looked like the, that the Knicks played well. RJ finally broke 30. A Knicks player finally broke 30. I don't think – I think that's the only 30-point game that a Knicks player has had all season. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that I believe that was the first one. On Sounds paper, right. it looked like it was good, but I was telling you also at the game that if it were any other team outside of Detroit that we were playing, we would be down 15 points at the half because we were playing exactly. ugly and Detroit was playing ugly, and they're they're the worst team in the, in the league right now young young developing team lots of potential but they're they're the worst team in the league right now just based off stats and we we can't get anything going we're playing uninspired basketball and Tibbs was that engine I know he liked to call Randall the engine but Tibbs was that engine two years ago you know you you hear, you hear him scream he felt his energy you don't really hear that as much anymore so that kind of just you know trickles along to the rest of the team and yeah a lot of it starts from him he's like he's the he's the uh, conductor of the orchestra here, and he's just not fucking doing his thing here, and everyone else is kind of all over the place, because they're not being set up for the right kind of music say, you say to play You went here. from
1: ferocious to flaccid. I see you. That's, a, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, that's the kind of, like, fucking offense and principles he's relying on right now. Just old flaccid kind of... Read like and react is what they're doing. Outdated shit. Yeah. Read and not reacting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if only our coach could read and react to the game unfolding in front of them. That would be bold. You know what I mean? (laughs) That would be kind of, you know, desirable, but it's not going to happen with Tibbs. Like... And we're not coaching experts that apparently, like, we can't, like, uh, to get get too critical or hypercritical in, like, how we talk about Tibbs because the Tibbs defo- defense force out there will be like, yo, y'all, when are y'all coaching NBA? I was like, are we really doing these kind of, like, these kind of commentary in the year 2022 when it comes to sports? Like, get the fuck out of my face with that. Like, what are we talking about right here? Like, we just have, we're just talking about the team and what we see with our own two eyes and, Yo, I watched the rest of the NBA too, because, like, yo, surprise, surprise, we're all basketball fiends here. Like, the shit that we just want Tibbs to do at a basic level, we see these other teams that are actually winning games, dude. Like, you just made a good point. Obi and Julius. Obi only getting 15 minutes in the OKC game. What did I say after the Boston game? Like, we couldn't stop them for shit, so let's at least try to keep up with them offensively, right? If you wouldn't do that against Boston, okay, fine. That's an elite team that would just coming out the finals. Okay, see you, my guy? They're out here competing for uh, Victor Wemba Yamama. You know what I mean? Like, And you don't want to like try to like keep up with their offense. You can't stop them for shit either, right? Just go out there and play small. Like, I was one of these people that was a Mike D'Antoni skeptic back in the day. I hand up right now. I apologize for that. Because like, Mike D'Antoni, if he was coaching right now, he would try all the shit we're begging for on top of everything else. You know what I mean? Some shit we didn't even think of. Because you know why? He would realize... It's, it's the NBA in 2022, the three-point shot is a great equalizer, and yeah, being flexible with your lineups and trying different shit is how you get ahead, especially in an 82-game grind of the fucking season. We're not talking about winning a championship here, we're just talking about like getting as much wins as we can in the season, as much juice as we can out of this goddamn grapefruit right now. But the only grapefruit that, like, seems to be of any importance is, is Tibbs' own head, you know what I mean? Like, his big-ass mm-hmm. fucking grapefruit-ass head and his ego. <laughs> Fuck. All right.
0: Well, yeah. I think To your guys' point on coaching, like, th- we've been seeing the surgence of, like, New young coaches like making do with what they have. Like I know everyone wants to key on on this roster, but you're really gonna sit here with a straight face and tell me you expected that Jazz roster right now to be exactly Big where fuck, they're exactly. at? Like that's a new coach. They replaced Quinn Snyder with that. Even Emeka Udoka. Like I know that he's a great coach. I'm not trying to like knock on him, but I'm saying. People were clamoring to have Jalen Brown traded, but a good coach made it work and made Jalen and Jason look really good together. Research uh, Al Horford's career. You look at a team like the Toronto Raptors, I do want to say their roster is definitely better than the Knicks, but not by a lot. It's not by a mile that they're a much better roster. It's just Tibbs is outdated and honestly... Again, I you know for all those people who are really keying on the roster, I'm not gonna blame them too much because the front office has made a lot of mistakes. Because if we're looking at the Leon signings, we're gonna look at Alec Burks, which wasn't his first their first guy, but you know re-signing him, Noel, and now possibly Fournier and Kemba. These are four of the players that they've signed that they're most likely gonna have to give up picks to all get off those contracts within two years. I know it's not big. Uh, picks that they got rid of they got second round picks and whatnot but at the same time you still have to judge that front office based on that and it's not a good look for them that four of the players that they've signed the contracts were so bad that it's gone you know what i'm trying to say so it's been frustrating with the coaching and i really do think that upgrading someone and putting in someone like johnny bryant add the young blood add this this disurgence of young coaches The Knicks should be part of that. We're not competing for a championship. Like I don't understand what's so critical to compete so hard for this play-in seed that you have to keep Timbs. We have to keep getting rid of assets. We have to do all this with it. Just, it's okay. And I I forgot who it was. They said it before. Like, what the Knicks are on, the NBA pro. Oh, Masai Ujiri, he said this. The middle, this is NBA hell. Where the Knicks are at, this is NBA hell. Not bad enough to get those top picks and not good enough to actually compete. So the front office, the, the eating the cake and having it too, it's got to end. We got to stick to one direction. I'd love to see them compete. That's what we've been asking for. We've been a- That's why we were excited for a player like Jalen Brunson. But when you get to this point and you're seeing this, why not? Why not tip the fulcrum in the other level? Why not try to get, a, especially in a stacked draft like this? It doesn't mean I'm, I'm endorsing tanking, but I'm saying either way, like. This team is directionless. This is so frustrating that I can't talk about this team with any positives. Like, there's nothing positive for me to talk about. And the only two positive things I see, like Emmanuel, quickly Obi Toppin, they're being you know put off to the bench. Like Grimes, I understand that people are saying he he's coming off an injury, but it's been two weeks. He's been he's been enough to play, cleared enough to play. Why are we not seeing more Grimes minutes? Like this, this is real frustrating as as a Knicks fan.
2: Well, well, for Grimes, I think his leg is still sore to the point where they're they're trying to limit his minutes, from what I've heard, uh, from sources, <laughs> and, uh, on Friday. And sources, trust your sources, right? Sources, sources, trust source me. Bro. I've heard, bro. I heard, I from from heard from others.
1: Never delve into no, those no, shallow waters. We, we don't do
0: that. We, we don't got sources.
1: We don't pretend. <laughs> all right? If we have sources, <laughs> we, we'll, we'll we, name them. My, my first source is Nafi. My first source is
0: Nafi. My second source is Moe. Okay,
2: so. Um, no, so I think we would have a lot more direction had the coaching been done properly, yeah. which is what we saw two years ago. I don't, I don't think mm. – I think a lot of what I see online is people believe it's either two directions. One, you're either contending for a title or you're tanking, and there's, that's only really for five teams or six teams in total. And then you have the remaining 24 or so teams and them trying to just either develop or trying to make moves to be that title contender. We're we're still in that development stage. I don't think we're development like if we were tiers, we'd probably be like a tier two development team where Detroit would be tier one. We still have all of our picks. We still have so these contracts I think at least over the summers we we're always felt positively towards it because there's still team friendly contracts that you can get out of through these surplus of picks that you have. Fournier is a little different because there's no player Option there's no team option for it, and that's why this contract isn't a good contract. And we're seeing him not performing to a level where he was performing at other teams. I think there is there. a team option, no? Is on there? A, I hope measure. so. Maybe, uh, if if that's the case, I'm no, under I the impression so. that yeah, there is yeah, no team option. Uh, if there I, is, I don't think they sign...
0: I don't think. I think there is no player options with them. no. But like maybe Randall's the I, only one who. Yeah,
2: a I just want to know if there's a team option. I don't think there's a team option. I think he's just solid here till like 2025. Um, but not. um... what was I saying? So. Google we Google. have we have we have our picks. We'll be so Fournier was that secondary scorer, or at least third score was a tertiary scorer, third third tier scorer on on every roster he's been on. He was supposed to be that when they ah team
1: him. option. My bad. Team,
2: he, he does have a team option.
0: What well, for twenty twenty four to five. Yeah, team okay, up yeah. for so, 2024. 20, so, so basically this is his last year on his contract. Uh no,
2: 23-24 would be next year's the last yeah, one. So oh, next he, bad, has, he has two years left when he becomes like 30, 31, which isn't the worst. So, so one year contract, yeah. one year expired. I think I think the I think the front office and I've been saying it for a while it has done a good job as far as player development compared to what we've seen and what they the cars that they've dealt been dealt with. And and they have a cluster of young talented players, and now that these guys are in their third and fourth years, they're they're supposed to be utilized. They should be getting the heavy brunt of the minutes, and they're not getting it. So always, let we start this episode. And all the rows come down to Tibbs just not utilizing his roster, being a stubborn dude, and not listening. And not paying attention, not adjusting but, himself. But
0: that's what I'm saying. That, that, Which, so that's why yes. I keep saying the front office is getting in their own way. Because you are 100 percent right. right. They are doing a phenomenal job of acquiring the talent. You know, even getting a player like Jalen Brunson. That's that's the direction you want to go. And you know, he's a young player, showing promise, all that. But they get in their own way when you have a guy like Tips. Okay, you hired him. He did his job. But you got to know when to pull out. You got to know when to leave the, the table. You, you you've gotten everything out of the casino table, like. Go leave it. So like leave it. Do you think
2: Do you think thirty out of thirty teams would fire him after three after a week of bad games? It it has been. A week of bad games, right? I don't think it's been more than a week. We we had the Hawks, which was I think a week ago, and then Brooklyn, and then we had Boston. It's it's a string uh, of is games. is it a but week it's, of it's bad been, games? Isn't, it, week. It,
0: isn't this continu- Isn't this continuing from last season, which was a pretty bad season? And I do agree. You're probably right, and that's why we're fans at the end right. of the day, and they're the front office. Yeah. There's a lot of NBA politics to it. Obviously, you can't just drop a coach within the next week, but you know I'm gonna say. I'm not rooting for this team to go 0-5 in this West Coast mm-hmm. series. I would never root for the Knicks to He's lose. I won't be opposed to it. I'm just saying 0-5 is a small price to pay for Ejecto Cito on tips. And this is <laughs> a, this, this is going to be say. the
2: toughest stretch of the season too. So yep. if it were to ever happen, it's probably going to happen this one. And I, that's what I'm saying. Like, Again. I, think, I think this West Coast trip is a fair assessment. To give to tips to see if he's gonna keep his job or not. The
0: Nickish podcast does not endorse rooting to go over five. I don't want to see well, that. Not exactly
1: oppose, but
0: yeah, like I'm not. That's not what I'm. I'm not sitting here going, yes, we lost this game. Like I'm gonna be upset and dejected at the end of this week when we when we inevitably go 0 and five. But you tell me at the end of that, you sprinkle a little tips firing, that dejection might. I'll watch
2: know. all 10. I'll, I'll watch all 10 hours of those games just to see that happen. 100%. Oh, we're still gonna watch every game. So root for that 100%. W, but you like you said. You said it, but My you didn't is, say. You, you yeah, know. no, no, no.
1: Like, I think we're all on the same page here, but just to be a tiebreaker and kind of like the opposing views like y'all was throwing out there, I do think I like what the front office has done, and that might upset a, a good contingent of folks out there. But, you know, to what Mo was saying, I feel like we've accumulated assets. We got a, a, a bevy of young players that we did not have before that we are actually like can build around. And the only thing that I feel like you fairly, you could hold against the front office is their commitment to Tibbs, Right. Up until now. And it, once that's gone, I feel like, yeah, like I keep saying, the clock is going to start taking on Leon and co. Right? Right, right. But that's the frustrating thing about Tibbs, and why it's kind of like, I don't have the frustration with the front office that I feel like a lot of Knicks fans do. And, you, and the numbers bear it out last year. Anytime the young players, like, especially quickly and Obi, got that playing time, the numbers bear out, plus, minus, the advanced data. We play better as a squad. But Tibbs would not go towards those lineups. He would stick with, like, five-man lineups or five-man groups that were generally underperforming. And that's the story that carried over to this season. And that's on Tibbs. You know what I mean? Like, the front office can give the chef the recipe and the gr- ingredients. But if, the, if like... This chef is out here, like, you know what I mean, making like a shit stew instead of like a nice souffle. Like, how is that on like the people that brought the groceries, right? You know what I mean? Like, and it may be kind of overselling or overstating how bad of a job Tibbs is doing, but it goes to the whole thing about like, I feel like a different coach, a more progressive coach, could do more with this roster. So that's why I'm not saying, you know, the front office is here. At, at the stake and at the, at the, you know what I mean, with Tibbs, I think they're next in line if, like, their next coaching hire is ass as well. But it's mostly on Tibbs right now. He served his purpose. He instilled discipline. He instilled principles. He helped these young kids grow. But now it feels like it's time, you know. Yeah. And it's it's that's the game of the NBA, right? Like, motherfucker Steve Nash just got fired after, like, his bestie Kevin Rand brought him on board. You know what I mean? NBA coaches have like an average of like two and a half years. It's been like what two years for Tibbs already. One playoff season, one very underwhelming season, yeah. outside of a COVID uh uh er- a year or situation. You know what I mean? Like that could be attributed to Julius falling off, but that could also be attributed to like Tibbs being stubborn as shit. That carried over to now, and we're here right now trying to figure out who to point the blame at. But the big red neon sign in the sky is pointing it at Tibbs. You know what I mean? And if Ian Bagley's out here saying his seat is warm, like I said, that shit is scalding hot, most likely. Right. You know what I mean? Because he's giving us a sanitized version of his intel, <laughs> you know? Just so he doesn't burn any bridges with any sources. But I think, you know, what was in the big rumor last year that World Wide West wanted to get Tibbs the fuck out of here, but, like, Kula heads prevailed, and, like, Leon, like, talked him out of it. I mean, Leon obviously is the ultimate decision maker, but that's like was, like, the gossip at the time. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more voices in the room right now. Saying, you know, it's time to get Tibbs out here and see what Johnny Bryant got or, you know, who XYZ has. But, right. Now, I guess we all digress. And
2: Randall, real quick, a lot of, you know, he's a guy who's leading minutes, right? He's scoring the most points, I guess, 25, 10, and three against the Thunder. Julius Randall, you know, a lot of his stats, I I don't know who mentioned it earlier in the episode. I think it was Faye's mentioning that a lot of his stats are just empty stats. And we're we're seeing that or it might be Nafi. You know, I forgot who the guy was on Twitter, but it was in a great tweet where he used that advanced stat to show that it's just it's just bullshit numbers that we're seeing at the end of the day. That his his he's attributing to a lot yeah, of Frank the, Barrett. Yeah, yeah yeah, 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 So he's he's attributing to a lot of the you know minuses that we have in the plus minus. But um, I think that goes back to tips too, because who's the man that's enabling? Randall to play the way that he's playing without holding him accountable. 100%. Y'all thought I was gonna talk about Randall, didn't you? No, I'm talking about Tibbs again. He's the guy who's hold he's not holding Randall accountable. He pulled RJ for a half, kept Randall in there doing what he's doing. He's playing terribly on defense and he's not being held down for it. Randall's a little different from last season where he's not, you know, throwing computers, you know, pushing guys left and right. He he's just he's smiling, right? But he's still he's still <laughs> playing like ass and he's He's unable to because the Knicks, you know. But he meditates now, though, bro. Right, come on now, you're right. wellness, you right. mindfulness. That's, that's, I knew that was all that jibber jabber. I knew that was, <laughs> was going to come back shit. to bite me because I did, me- <laughs> I did mention that earlier before the season started. But, um, uh, yeah. So he's not playing his best, and at this point, we've had him for four seasons. So what you see is what you get. We know what Randall <laughs> plays like, and he's not the leading scorer. But when the Knicks find themselves in the in the in a hole. I'm sure Tibbs goes to Randall. Be like, "Yo, we got you. Got to put them buckets in. You got to you got to get the points. You got to bring us back up." And then 100%. Randall has to play like how he plays. And he's not a leading scorer. He's not a top player. He's not top tier. Even though he thinks he's top tier. I mean, he thought he was going back and forth with KD, right, in that Brooklyn game. i uh, just about to say
0: the, the the KD game where he's going back and forth <laughs> minus twenty nine. By by the way, <laughs> oh, Mister Back oh, and I forth got you with now. KD.
2: Oh, I got you. <laughs> what the fuck did he think 10 he was doing he bro? game. <laughs>
1: Oh. It's like when you like a kid and you playing PlayStation with your like your little toddler brother. So like his controller isn't plugged in. Yeah. And that's Julius, <laughs> and then you got KD, and you like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you got me, you got me." Yeah. And like the score is like 102 on Madden or some shit.
2: Yeah, like, I see my nephew a TV remote instead of the PS2 controller. But I was I was evil when I was ten. <laughs> <laughs> you're not even trying. you
1: just like, "Oh yeah, it's your special remote. It's uh, it's rectangular. Yeah, that's random. Only from GameStop, just for you." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to, like do you do want to just go straight into the fucking West Coast trip of doom and just like our predictions for it because like I'm not trying to talk about nothing else because this tip's conversation right now has exhausted my soul as 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 watching that OKC game. So game. what
2: were the five teams again?
1: Uh, Nuggets, Utah, OKC. Denver. Is peanuts. is that in
2: order? Or are you Warriors. Just-
0: Know, I'm
1: just I'm, ju- I'm just naming random states on the West Coast right now. Uh, just it's, it's, Seattle. It's
0: the, I don't know the order, but it's the Warriors, the Suns. Sacramento. Um <laughs> The Warriors, the Suns, the Thunder, the Jazz, and the Nuggets. Those are the five teams. I don't know Shit. what the order is.
1: It's some order. We're getting our ass kicked in some order over there.
2: We going we going Are we doing predictions?
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, do you predict you, misery or do you predict hell? I
0: think I said mine like six different times on the bus. <laughs> Alright, I'll
2: I'll give our guys the benefit of the doubt. I'll give him a, a a one and four. <laughs>
1: you know what? I think it'll be we'll get two and three, but it'll be the kind of two and three that saves his job. Or like it's enough to just like oh, yeah, they keep that. him oh, on that warm yeah. seat for a little bit longer. It'll be like one of these games, I'm not even predicting guess who it'll just be like we're down big, it'll make a comeback, the locker room rallies, and then like, oh Tibbs is Tibbs is here to stay or some shit like that. Just don't come back next no, watch week. Watch it be against Golden State. So come I mean, back once against be against the defending yeah, champs. Don't. That's the type of shit that'll like at least buy him another month on a job till Christmas. Just time. don't come back next you week and mean.
2: say I told you so because it's not going to be a good one. <laughs>
1: If I come back next week and say I told you so, it'll be because like I also had like a blood vessel pop watching that shit happen in real time. You know I, I mean? don't know
0: whether I'd be more dejected at zero and five or two and two and like two and three, like you said, and like the <laughs> stays. Like, what's gonna hurt me more? I can't tell at this point. But I, you know, my my pick zero and five. But I'm gonna I'm gonna read out a Steph Bondi tweet. Uh, calling the Knicks road trip difficult is an understatement. They haven't won one in Utah since 2014. Hmm. They haven't won one in Denver. Take a guess on
2: the year. <laughs> 2007. The year.
1: Since the first Bush administration.
0: 2006. Very close, 2006. <laughs> so the second Bush. The
1: de-
0: <laughs> d- then they oh. visit the defending champions. You know, then the Phoenix Suns, of course. And, and then the team that dropped 145 points on the oh. Knicks.
2: Wait, we haven't won an OKC in how long?
0: No, okay. OKC does nothing. It's the, it's the the Jazz we haven't won since fourteen. Uh, the Nuggets since 06 And you know, OKC dropped one hundred, a cool 2014, Jeez. God damn.
1: Was that the Al Jefferson year? Remember when Al Jefferson was on Utah yeah. for a hot him, second? Him and, Paul oh, wow. and
2: Wilson, were laying it up. And pro was Darren Will- No, Darren Williams was not, not there at the time.
1: No, he was. On, he, he was on. He might retire by, by, by twenty
2: fourteen. Honestly, I mean, he might be in the Cavs. That cows. probably too
1: probably. Remember when he was on a mass for a hot second? That was funny. Yeah. When like uh, Mark Cuban wouldn't show up to the free agency meeting because he had to film Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. It was very disrespectful. <laughs> it was also very funny for my mellow over Darren Williams agenda
2: at the time.
0: If it makes you guys feel any better, like OKC dropped like 122 on the on the Celtics right now. So I'm just saying, you know, like
2: <laughs> did they did they win?
0: No, it's 125-122 right now. As we're speaking, it's like five seconds left in the fourth.
2: Wait, so the Celtics are It'll up? Don't make me feel better. Celtics are up. Damn <laughs> it. He, almost. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I you mean,
1: what? That's what you, to avoid the chicken offense. little allegations, you know what I mean? We would be excited if we go undefeated. That's not to say we're not Knicks fans. Do oh, you know what I mean?
0: Undefeated? A whole different exactly, or if we team, go four and one, whole, i not be hyped. I'm back on tips, baby. Let's exactly. go. You know what I
1: mean? I'm like, we're not here saying like our agenda over everything, but we're no, also trying no to fucking way, no sprinkle way, in like no as rare as it is. But I'm just
0: saying, undefeated and two and three, like two and three, you might as well go in five. What's the exactly. difference? Like, I'm just trying to be
1: out game? here trying to tell like the, the whatever listeners, whoever like gets their hands or ears on this podcast, we're not over here rooting for our, no. our agenda. And listen, by you the way, I mean? if,
0: the, if the Knicks go like three and two in that stretch, that's a that's good coaching on Tibbs. Like, yeah, he definitely... Yeah. He... There's no... I'm sorry, like, he, just as much as we put the blame on Tibbs for all the faults, when he wins the games, if you're going something like 3-2, and two, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Randall won us the game. Like, Tibbs tips played a key part in that. Yep. Like, all the things that he's done good for this team, he has definitely contributed. And, like... Shout out to Tibbs because we would still be an NBA hell, NBA purgatory if it weren't for Tibbs. And that, you know, a lot of people have been saying that fourth seed was the worst thing that ever happened to the Knicks. But they don't ever look at, like, the young Knicks fans that came from that season. Like, you know, the people who are like, oh, I'm still rooting for the Knicks because of things like that. You know, and I know it's a good That complete, and, like,
1: RJ, OB, and IQ, like, not like just to interject, they got valuable playoff experience. You know what I mean? And, that's and, important. And
0: to, not to come out of left field, but that's the shit that keeps the Lakers so relevant. Like, they go through fucking hell for six, five, six years, right? Then they have that one good season. Get all the Lakers fans riled back up. And then they get like, they like a coach back, level right so I guess
1: We're not Lakers. We don't have that I kind of fucking we, luck.
0: We don't end up getting that, but I'm just saying like, that's how you keep Knicks fans. That's how you have three of these old ass dudes screaming about the Knicks on a Monday <laughs> night at like 10 p.m. My mom knocking on the door. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear this shit no more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the duality of man, old-ass dudes, mom knocking on the door. <laughs> Not to mislead our listeners, we got our shit together, relatively, you know what I mean? Listen, All right, Mo, take it can, ha-
0: you can You can have your shit together and love your family, okay? It's a fact, it's a fact, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah fair, fair. Good, good positive uh, note to cap off this episode of Niggas. Make sure you... <laughs> oh, oh,
0: oh. Only positive note in the pod, by the way.
1: Yeah, family over everything.
2: Oh, uh, we... <laughs> Our next episode is going to feature a guest, right? We, every month we're going to have a guest of the month hey. uh, where we bring in some of the biggest Knicks fans that we can find to join us on the show and, and talk New York Knicks. So make sure you tune in for that episode. It's the very next one after this one. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NYC. We just posted a dope photo right now on Instagram uh, with one Keith Hernandez, one of the dopest tattoo artists you can find. He's got some sick stuff. Check out his page. And... Um, Make,
1: not that Keith Hernandez, for for listeners out there that might be. He is confused. named after but him, but, you know, I
2: believe, of that Keith Hernandez. That's kind of yeah, fire. I, I didn't think, know I'm pretty, that. I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure he said that. But yeah,
1: not 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 the one from Seinfeld fame, who also happened to play a little bit of baseball. You know what I mean,
2: <laughs> and uh, make. I you know, see that Seinfeld episode. Yeah, all you kid, was that was one of the best Seinfeld episodes. Bro, the, the spit. Bro, the spit.
1: <laughs> bro, that was wild. That he out of the blue, he just asked Jerry to like help him move. It was crazy. Like, that's like, yo, I don't know you like that, bro. <laughs> Jerry should have just said, you know what I mean. Well, anyway, yeah, go ahead, and take us home. <laughs>
2: Make sure you give us that five-star review on Spotify and Apple. Leave us a review. It helps us with the, uh, the sports charts and podcast charts. Uh, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Nickish. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Peace.